gluten-free muffins. Um, so this is Pancake Town, the podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Michelle. And we have a special guest today, um, Lori Leopold. Is that right? Did I say your that last is? name right? Lori Leopold. <laughs> Could have done that in um, the hour we've been sitting In here. the hour, <laughs> making sure I'm saying your name right. Um, and we're going to talk about PR today um, and marketing and advertising and all the things in between. And we actually got a lot of really good questions from people um, on the Facebook group. So we're going to address some of those. But I think in general, um, I feel like Lori's going to help us all feel a little less like, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Right? <laughs> and we can all be like, no, I'm fine. I'm gonna, I, got a, I got a plan of action now instead of feeling like I'm missing the boat. Well, I feel like we've talked a lot about how, um, well, I've talked a lot about how I'm trying to focus on branding, and that's PR, right? Branding. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like anytime people talk about PR, sometimes there can be like an intimidation, like, I just need PR, or like someone to do my PR, but like, I think that everybody, definitely you guys, I'm sure everyone listening, like you're your own biggest, like hype machine and there's so much things that you can do on your own it doesn't need to be like this big separate thing that's really like big and scary to tackle yeah at all yeah I think a lot of people get intimidated by the idea of like am I supposed to be hiring someone am I supposed should I be finding like a firm to represent me and it's like probably probably not I mean it depends on how big your company is how big your business is and like what scope you're going for like to just get your stuff in stores or like up your online sales. No, you don't. No. And I agree with that. And I work at a PR agency and I've worked at, um, I mean, I've been in PR my entire career. I was in DC for five years and then I've been in Chicago for like the past decade. And I love my agency. I love my company. We work with awesome brands, but I think for a small business particular, you really need to be like savvy and smart because agencies are expensive. Yeah. Freelancers, can be a really can good deal. Can be easier, yeah. But you also have to, like, that's like a, you got to be comfortable entering into that situation. Because I think, especially if you're putting your business in the hands of someone who is an expert, like, you just, I think you have to be, have, like, a really clear, like, scope of work and, like, what are you actually doing for me? And I don't know, I take transparency, like, in working with clients yeah. as a given. Like, you need to tell them everything you're doing. You need to talk with them regularly. You need to ask them questions. You need to talk about like, what are the things I'm going to give you and have some accountability. But I think that people get taken advantage of a lot in yeah. a situation. Well, because it's one, it's one of those industries that like doesn't have kind of a tangible product at the end. You're not yeah. like, I paid you this much money and then I get this. It's yeah. very like free form and like, well, we're going to try for this. We're going to try to accomplish these goals. And like some of them might happen and some of them might not. And and then you're just like, where do you, where do you draw the line between like, well, you didn't do your job versus this is just how the world works. And sometimes marketing campaigns aren't as successful as other marketing campaigns. Yeah. I mean, I think of PR as building your brand's reputation and amplifying awareness. Yeah. I think 
the long game of PR is you're going to grow. You're going to have more, like people are going to know about you and develop connection with you. But PR in terms of direct ROI is not necessarily a sales Mm -hmm. goal. It's extremely hard to measure. It's usually like year over year. Can you measure brand lift? Have my sales grown? Like where can you tie that back to something you've done? Yeah. Um, and then, but marketing, like there's a lot in terms of dig- digital marketing and SEM and SEO and advertising, um, that will drive sales and you can trace that. Like you can measure it. Like yeah. where did this, who came from this link that I right. promoted? Right. So I think both are important for any brand, but, but the how is going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Do you provide clients with like reports like stats on okay oh yeah reporting and like that accountability is like key and I think it's something that you discuss at the very outset of a relationship like how will you report to me is this like Mm -hmm. especially if you're running like some digital like you're doing google ads or sem or seo like do I get a monthly dashboard like what are my keywords and how did they perform and like you tweak and like if something's not working you go yeah. a different direction but I think with PR too I think like there's some really tactical things like what's my editorial calendar like what's my what three things am I trying to communicate and I don't know I think it's more back to your point about branding I think like before you do any of that is like what is my brand's purpose like what do I exist to do what am I offering people Where's the white space? Like, where do I differentiate from other brands? Yeah. It's like somebody can make a great product that a lot of people love, but if you're trying to grow and build awareness and you're not necessarily articulating like much about it or why, like yeah. people just need to like have a connection. And I think I that's want where someone PR to comes in. Do that yeah. for me. Yeah. Like I see other small businesses that are so great about talking about their products and stuff. And I mean, Emily and (laughs) everyone at the Thursday night things witness. I don't want to talk about myself. She was like, I'm I'm a a jewelry designer. That's it. And I immediately was like, you used vintage and repurposed items to make your jewelry. I can't. She was like, Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been too long. Um, and I think it probably has something to do with having gone to school for art and being forced to like talk about why all the time, because yeah. every single artist, if you watch a lot of artist interviews when they're older, they always just say, I made this because I wanted. Yeah. And I feel like I, <laughs> like I know Steve's at that point with his work. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I got there. It's like, I, I liked this. I That's don't, my answer. I have no inspiration. I'm doing this because there's nothing else I want to do. Yeah. I love doing it. I'm obsessed with it, but I have no words for why. Yeah. Yeah. It'd and be that, lovely I, if I could afford someone else I think to the create thing, my story for me. The thing we've talked about <laughs> a lot where like you do get, you do feel a little self-conscious, like even just the little tiny world of Instagram like there are some people that are so good at being like, here's my process. Here's my workspace. I'm talking on the camera. I'm telling you about my day. I'm telling you about my product that I just designed. Um, and there's those people are really good. And you like, I start to feel like, Oh my God, that like, 
I don't, I don't think anybody cares. Like, does anybody want to listen to me talk about myself all the time? And then you think, you realize, like, no, actually what you do is really interesting to a lot of people. And, like, just because it's kind of not interesting to you anymore because it's your life. Like, for us, we're around makers all the time. It's not novel or crazy yeah. for people to make amazing things. We're just like, yeah, you made that. You're, you're awesomely talented. What's the story here? Like there are hundreds of thousands of people that like think that it's ridiculous that I like hand drew a word. Yeah. Which to me is like, I can do that in my sleep. That's not amazing. And then I'm like, Oh yes it is to people who can't do that. It's totally amazing. <laughs> I think everybody, especially just knowing you guys, like you're your own everybody's their own worst critic. Yes. Everybody's always looking to other people for inspiration or just like, I mean, it's, it, we all compare ourselves. Yeah. And I think, um, that's where identifying like who you are and like who your customer is and where you're trying to grow. Like that can, that can help you focus. Cause I think, yes. um, consistency, like, mm. you know, I mean, you're operating a, a business and I think it's, easy when it's you and you're behind it like to kind of integrate your life into that and some of that can be good too but if it's but is somebody watching that and like I don't actually know what they do or what they make or who they are and I'm confused because yeah. every touch point I have with this brand is different and so and the end goal has to be like is the end goal to get them to go buy something of yours on your website yeah. well then why are you talking about like the food you made like yeah. that has nothing to do with what you're well, trying, the, your goal is. I hadn't thought about this angle ahead of time, but now I'm like locked on it. How, so I feel like a long time ago, we were supposed to share lots of our like actual life on social media and then things changed and we weren't supposed to show any of it. Like we all, yeah, everybody's just, Instagram feed just is just like pretty pictures buy and not your products. dog and not your face. And now and I not feel like your, it's yeah, creeping it's back, back in again. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. do you have feelings on sharing like non-brand related things on our social media? Yeah, I think it's important. I think okay. people, it, let me back up. I think, are you trying to like, sell yourself or I think it's like everything needs to be in support of what you're trying to do. Right. But it's not just like, here's my jewelry. Here's my car. It's more, it's, it's a little bit more behind the scenes, like kind of access, yeah. like into the process or you know, you, could, you have the benefit uh, in social is very much PR. Social media is PR to talk to your customer, to ask them things, to put yeah. a poll out. Um, you, you know, those are things that anybody can do. Um, get in. I know you do it, Michelle, because I vote and every time you put a poll out <laughs> and sometimes most of the time I'm in the majority, but I, so like, I like to engage with brands. You have the ability to talk to people. If you see somebody who liked something of yours, you can go and talk to them. And I think a lot of people don't do those simple things. Yeah. Like just, you can talk directly to your customer. Yeah, it doesn't matter. How I don't really do it. Yeah. It's hard. Like I can't, it's, I mean, I get it. It takes time. Like social media is a time suck. You kind of got to, and I'm trying yeah. to like hide my phone from myself. Yeah. Like we had did this thing <laughs> on productivity and accountability and I like, I was preparing for what I was going to say about it all week. And I realized, Oh, I'm awful at productivity. I'm on my phone like every five minutes. Yeah, I heard you respond to like every email in real time. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> nope, bad. Don't no, do that. Don't do that. That's bad. 
Don't do it ever I again. I definitely responded to an email yeah. on the bus on the way here. Nope. You're busy. Oh, no. Shit. You're busy. I thought I, I was doing better because I only checked my email maybe five times yesterday, which <laughs> felt like significantly less than usual. Well, yeah, because you're checking it like the minute an email comes in. You're like, let me go check my email. Yeah. Don't need to do that. I don't know what I'm <laughs> no. waiting for. Um, but I would say something tactical that I think, you know, anybody can do beyond like my brand story, my voice, my tone, my values, what is my style guide, what's my mood board. Like that's yeah. all really important and exciting. Uh-huh. But I think also like kind of being your own PR person is like, do you read the, not the news, the news, we all read the news and it's terrible and it's sad and it's kind of ruining everyone's <laughs> lives and the way media works, there's bigger cultural things happening. Yes. I definitely think in the, in journalism and media. Um, but do you say you're, you're a Chicago small business owner and you want, you want PR. So when people say I want PR, so yeah. it's like, what does that mean? Do you want to, be recognized as a local maker? Do you want to reach a food reporter? Do you want to, um, you know, be in the top 10 up and comers? You know, so like read these lists, go to, go to reader, go to Time Out, go to Chicago Mag, Mag, and you can, you know, it's the internet. You don't need like a fancy scission or like a media monitoring tool to find people's information. Emails are public. Reach out to people, introduce yourself. Like, Say, I saw you prepare this year's Michelle. list. Michelle's like, what? And Email people. Because you know, it's all about building relationships and anyone can do that. It might take time, but if it is a goal of yours to, I want to be in one local media like outlet because I want to be recognized for, yeah. for yeah. my work and I'm, I'm a new company and I want people to know about me. You know, start somewhere and local is a really good way to start. Yeah, for sure. And the minute you get even just like a little press thing, then you put that on your website or you repost it on your social media and be like, I was in this. And then people are like, oh, well. Yes, put a press you page must, on your website. You must be amazing. Yeah, I don't have a press page because I have no press. But I am yeah. remembering um, the one time I had my like 10th anniversary party, you wrote me a press release yeah. and got it in <laughs> Chicago Magazine, I think. Yeah. And a ton of people came because of it. There you go. So, yeah. So, I I mean, read news, step one. Um, I feel like also just defining, like, what, like, Instagram is the whole thing. I feel like that's more of a creative outlet. If you're making things, like, you can definitely use that. I just think, like, where you want to spend your time. Like, is Twitter doing much for you? Is that, like, I stopped tweeting. (laughs) There are some great, like, the dictionary is a great Twitter handle. Oh, I don't know this. <laughs> yeah, they so they'll like put words out there, talk about them that are very much in line with like current things that are happening mm-hmm. in our world. If like I don't know, I want to say it was like when Kellyanne Conway did alternative facts or some mumbo <laughs> jumbo. Like they would that would be like the word of their yeah. day. And um, so anytime. Something so it's a happens. very liberal dictionary. It's a great Twitter account. <laughs> it's a great Twitter account. Um, but so I think like depending on your product too is like if you have I know there's someone there was a question from somebody who makes like seasonings and spices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like what's your dream outlet? Like what if you were to be featured, is it 
food and wine? Is it like a cooking magazine? Is it a, is it a, you know, a national media outlet? You know, would it be worth reaching out to the reporter that covers that beat or the editor and just Googling them or looking in the magazine, seeing the byline and then go online, Google them, look at what they tweet about, like stalk reporters. This is yeah. good advice. It's not stalking. It's just like be informed because you can't just like shoot something into the ether and be like, maybe someone will respond. You have to yeah. know it's all about intelligence gathering and the internet makes that very easy. So if that's something you want to do, like maybe you could send them your product. I know there's an investment to mm-hmm. doing that, but that is kind of the way it usually goes with yeah. um, national media. I feel like I could totally do that research and stalking part. <laughs> But where I get stuck is, like, writing about myself and the brand. Like, I can't, I can't write a bio, ever. The current version I have saved on a text uh, file is, Michelle's bio still sucks, is what I have it titled. Edited still sucks, is what it's called. But that's just a thing where you like. I want someone else to just write it. You just need somebody else to write it and then it's done. And then that's the thing you send everybody over and over again. I'd love to, for there to be a company that did small little like piece things like that. Like Mm -hmm. I need a few different types of bios, you know, like like three versions. Finding like a copy. Hi, I'm this. Yeah, you Find know what? It, that, like, it has writes. occurred. You know, that's what Monica does. <laughs> Why isn't she writing yeah. for you? What's her deal? Have a chat. I know. Do an interview with I'm her. Too, I'm like, I'm nervous. I guess. Get over to it. Have her. Yeah. Just be like Monica. Write me a bio. Don't even tell her what to say. Just be like, write me a bio, and then we'll go from there. Hmm. Yeah. Right. When I did my um, so every year at work we do like our annual reviews and there's always a self-assessment as part of it. And it's the thing I like doing it because like evaluating myself, but I read, I like Googled some studies like women and self assessments and like, we're so much harder on ourselves than men are. Yeah. And men are like, I did that. I did this. And women are like, well, I did Here's this, some things I didn't even do. Kind of, it could have been better. And cause like, we're just, I just think it's like an inherent DNA thing. And yeah. I, so I, I totally get, so I was like, I'm going to talk about myself in the third person. I'm going to put together, Lori is a skilled or something. It was really like just kind of in a very power pose way. Mm-hmm. You can actually power pose while you're like doing it. <laughs> I'm power posing right now. <laughs> but you should really think about your accomplishments like, and get in there. Like, did I grow? Did I sell something? Did I, I don't know, like just really analyze yourself and you know it might take a little bit but i think it's a really good exercise and just self-growth i mean at the end of every year i make a list of my accomplishments Mm -hmm. but i've never thought about um doing that in my like you know story like your bio doesn't have to be like a big long thing about like once upon a time i was born somewhere like it just no, no, no. It literally just For needs to be like three brand. sentences like about michelle starbuck designs i just, like don't even know how to describe anything I'll just write people you always ask yeah <laughs> i'll just write Have you a contest one. let's all write your bio everybody write michelle yes. a bio and put it on the facebook group and she'll pick one and you get a free necklace if you if she picks yours oh yeah, yeah. done solved mm-hmm. it next mm-hmm. question 
Submissions are due on Friday. Submissions are due ASAP. I would just, I would even love to have an answer when people say, oh, what's your jewelry like? Because I just go, I don't know. <laughs> That's not good. No. Yeah, it's, I'm bad. Mm-hmm. What, what's your, what do you say usually? Typography inspired, and I, most of it's hand lettered, but I'm obsessed with fonts and typefaces. It's all very modern and clean, mm-hmm. and usually has a, a bit of humor to it. It um, all sounds great. Station, Why you know, can't I do paper it? goods for like the modern hip. I'm into stationary what? person, like modern hip paper lover, and dudes. Lots of dudes like my cards because mm-hmm. they're not girly and f- gir- swirly and feminine and flowery. They're like fun and funky. And then I usually like reference a couple things where I'm like, like I have a card that says, "Don't hate the play, I hate the game," and then people immediately are like, "Got it." I get it. Mm-hmm. You can totally do it. But I think my written bio says stuff about like, you know, I'm re- I really like typography and geometric pattern design and I'm really into, you know, like, I don't know. Depends on how detailed I get. But I always say something about like why I'm designing what I'm designing and like who it's for. Mm-hmm. Like who I imagine buying it. That's, I was just going to... Um try and switch the topic to like figuring out who your customer is. Yeah. Um, Cause I already wrote down figuring out dream outlet. So now I feel like it's ideal customer mm-hmm. and I don't know who that is either. You don't? Well, uh, women who wear jewelry. I know who your ideal customer is. Yeah. It's like the but young, are, like, like a hip trendy woman who's like both professional, but also likes to go out and like doesn't want to spend a ton of money and would rather have well, more jewelry than a couple like fine jewelry pieces. They would rather have like a ton of variety and like fun things that match all their outfits. Yeah, she appreciates like shopping small, local, yeah. slow clothes movement. And wants to be and like can be either like boho or a lady that like works in a cubicle. Like all those like all those ladies can wear your jewelry mm-hmm. and feel super comfortable. I like to say that all of the women that I work with wear your jewelry. Aww. All the women yeah. that I work with wear your jewelry, but I only work with like two women. <laughs> <laughs> so Cage loves Michelle Starbuck. <laughs> there was a day when Hannah and I were both wearing the same Michelle Starbuck earrings. Hannah has earrings? She bought them at Show of Hands. Oh, I guess I forgot but I I think it's a point of like knowing at least okay listen there's always outliers you're always gonna have there's gonna be some 18 year old who loves you who Mm -hmm. like also I have a lot of older customers too older but I think like they all have a similar ethos in why they buy and and their style so even if their demographics range but I think knowing that helps you do some more investigative like who could potentially be an influencer I work with? And there, that word, we should probably, we can break that we down. talk about that. Um, <laughs> but if they're, so um, I follow um, Instagram, Style B. Style B, uh, her name is Lee. She's from, I think she's from Toronto. She's living in like Vancouver right now. But she started this spring and fall, the 10 by 10. It's like 10 wardrobe items over 10 days. And like her whole kind of mantra is like less Mm -hmm. more and she loves to build up local designers so I feel like the people that shop for your things really have an appreciation for that I would say that's something that a lot of listeners of Pancake Town are you know they're small makers yeah and 
the people that connect with their brands are more into that like connection and it's not a big brand with like hundreds of people behind it. It's like, there is somebody who is making this and putting the like TLC into doing it. Yeah. So find those people on the internet and introduce your brand to them. How do you feel about surveying like your current customers? Was that one of our questions too, maybe, or am I making that up? Mark? Um, I, I could did. totally I be making this up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I if you want to know who your current yeah. customers are, do you have, is there like a survey program or something that like everyone uses? Isn't well, you like can make survey a survey on Google or something. Like, you can just make survey a survey monkey. on Google okay. questionnaire Yeah, with like Google, a Google. Are doc. those effective? Do you know? I think so. Okay. Anytime a brand reaches out to me, that is small. Like if you reached out to me, I would do it. If you reached out to me, Emily, I would do it. Um, podcasts I listen to will often send reader surveys. I always mm. do those. Mm-hmm. Blog bloggers love to do reader surveys, and I always sometimes do those. And if you give them a reward or something, if you yeah. say like fill this out and you get a coupon, yeah, fifteen percent, like they'll off. totally do it. Yeah. There's um, I mean, you can and you can get info like that on like your inst- all your Instagram posts will say like this many men and this many women and this age and this location. Yeah. 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 Like you can, like I always think it's real show of hands, especially it's really interesting because I get to see like kind of how wide the age range is and like how many men there actually are. And then like how many are really from Chicago. And now it's like started to really tip away from that where like we're hitting, we're obviously like reaching a lot more people that aren't just in Chicago, but then that's making me think like, Oh, I should, think about how my marketing changes because now I'm not just worried about telling Chicago about the show. I might, I should be worried about, you know, a larger area because they're obviously, those people obviously exist and are following me and finding me organically. Mm -hmm. So like, couldn't, couldn't I reach more of those people? And then having vendors that are now in Detroit and Milwaukee and Michigan and like the, then they tell people and it's like, Oh, right. People like people would drive three hours and like come to the show. I mean, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Regional, regional considerations. And also too, like, I don't know, think about in terms of your brand, like, are you responding or part of a larger cultural movement? Like craft fair 2.0 or like the 10 best, like local maker or events around the country. Like, is there something like you can always elevate up yeah. to? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's always, you're always part of something bigger that's happening. And like you with typography, if I hate to like ever say like our president's name, but if does <laughs> you don't something. have, we can, we can bleep it. We can bleep it. We like to say his name. We'll bleep it. It is a curse Beep. word. It mm-hmm. truly is. But I think if there's something ridiculous that happens and you, I don't know, felt really passionate about a word or a response or something and you wanted to, you know, put that out there, like think about the content you're putting out too that yeah. relates to your brand. Well, How can I join a conversation? Yeah. That's happening? And I've done, I did that with the, isn't, can't we impeach the motherfucker already? I did that with that hashtag. Yeah. When that showed up, I was like, I'm making a type design of this. That'd be cute. Yeah. 
and then and it got like tons of response and lot like more likes than I'd gotten. People were sharing it, mm-hmm. which is a whole thing. And so like yeah, there's times when That's just in my one. Instagram feed, I'm just like if somebody, you know, says something or there's a great quote like when the never less nevertheless she persisted mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. like t- every typography designer i follow was like here's my version of that yeah. like you you know yep. share it feel free like and people were making it their wallpaper and people mm-hmm. were putting it on their facebook page and and then that your name's on there or you put a little tag handle on it and it's like that's another way of people being like oh who's this they they think like me. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their typography is cute. I'm going to go follow them. Oh, look, they make greeting cards. Then go buy those. So much of social content and what we share is so visual, too. So if you're able yeah. to contribute to that, I think that's, I mean, it helps grow your brand. It's that. I mean, that is PR. That's growing your brand's awareness. Someone has a touch point with you, and um, you may not be able to immediately measure the impact of that, yeah. but but it does pay off in the long run. Yeah, if you're consistent about it. I think that's the thing I found is like, I just have to kind of be doing those, like pick a couple things that are easy for me to do and like produce new things that don't like take up a ton of my time, but are also like, okay, like once a week or every two weeks, I'm going to post something like that. Or I'm going to do a video where I'm like actually writing something or, you know. Should we read some of the questions? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have them printed out. So Jamie asked, should I say last names? Jamie? Doesn't matter. Jamie asked. Jamie Tubbs. She knows. She, she said, knows who she is. launching a thing <laughs> and working on figuring out a few signature pieces to have available on my website and need to figure out a marketing plan for announcing and promoting it. It seems like doing this well is key to success and also so much work. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good question because I think. If that is PR. Yeah. yeah right and there. if you're launching something new, launching something seasonal, I think this is something that you can, if you do once, you can build on and replicate and kind of establish your process. Um, I think no matter how big or small you are, um, you can build kind of a, like, when am I teasing this? How am I teasing it? Like build anticipation. Like here's the launch date, like sign up, get on a wait list. How far out? Um, I mean, I think it depends on like what you want to launch. Say you want to launch something June 1st. Mm -hmm. So work a month back or start teasing, like putting the final touches on something. I mean, obviously you need to have like, your photography and like the assets you're going to actually mm-hmm. put on your website and you, you need to have things made and figure out all of the business end of it. But in terms of launching it, I think, um, let your followers know it's coming. Talk to the people that already are engaging with you. Start there. Yeah. If it's, um, something you want to reach out to media about, if there's like local, is it launching somewhere? Is it mm. part of a, like, I don't know, like, I don't actually know what Jamie makes, but she, it sounds she has the um. Signature. They're like art weavings, oh, like yeah. wall art wall kind of pieces. Yeah. Weavings. Is, so is there somebody that even local media like new, like the new like home, yeah, piece you have to have in your life? Like kind of think in headlines. Yeah, when Ooh, you're you're starting headlines. to. Because if you read enough articles, like you'll see like the wall design or the wall, you know, 
the thing that's replacing paintings or mm. I mean like cross stitching is really big right now. So yeah. I think like find out like what some of these bigger trends are and see if you can just say like send someone imagery and when it's launching. Um, I think Everlane, they're a bigger brand, but they started really small. Like I follow them and I think what they do really well to build anticipation of something coming is there's some good lessons to take away. So I think if there's brands you admire out there too, don't be afraid, like inspiration from somewhere else, you can take that on. Cause I think there's like lessons to be learned from like, oh, they, they didn't just put it out there quietly. Like they built anticipation. They yeah. shared a sneak peek. They showed it, show it in context. Like instead of just a product image, what does it look like in someone's life? When's someone wearing it and, or someone using it. Yeah. And think about like your use case. Um, and then hammer it home. Like don't just do it once. Yeah. Like it, if you don't get a response from someone or someone's like, Oh, I'm not interested or I don't cover any releases, whatever it is, like keep going. Yeah. And talk about the inspiration too. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> She'll hate to talk about <laughs> her inspiration. I know. That works for Jamie. <laughs> but like, what did it's you like? It's just me. <laughs> and show if, you know, while you're making something, like if you're able to early on when you identify like this is something I'm making, I'm a year away from having it done or whatever. Like if you can just capture some content along the way, like save it for later. Like mm. make sure you're chronicling your process. I think that's, for a maker, yeah, um, that is something that people love to see. Yeah, it's just definitely. that peek behind the curtain. I don't think that was a really good answer in terms of a plan, but I would just think like, think in terms of, you know, content and timing. I guess. Um, well, let's see. To try and like sum up the launching plan, like what. Um, like what avenue she needs to go at people. Obviously, social media, email. Um, what uh, what else would I pretty much just do? Social media and emails. I mean, what if else there's is there places. What other physical places you're sending stuff to? Like right, so sending, writing a press release. Yeah, writing a press release. No, press releases are. They're kind of a, they do the who, what, where, when, why. Like people need mm. to know that media like, like to have those details, but like a press release is not that important in today's media oh. world. If you I send out think. things to like stores or galleries or whatever your goal, whatever your, I feel like when I launch new, if there's new cards, I'm going to want to send something specifically to store owners or people that are like, because the people who own a card store, like they really like cards and like they might share it or they might be like, oh, I want to buy these or you send them some samples and then they post something about it or yeah. like just like kind of spreading the word, but being really direct about it. Because sometimes if you just are like, all right, I'm sending this to my MailChimp list, hope people open it. Yeah, You can I get a good amount, but then like if you are specifically like sending a direct email to an individual person. I mean, I do that for wholesale. I send yeah. each wholesale, wholesale email individually, which is time consuming, but if it, you were, so if you were yeah. then, so take, so aside from business partners and, and retailers, if you were to 
pitch the fashion or someone who covers like lifestyle at Tribune mm-hmm. or like shopping mm-hmm. and you were to share, you know, they don't like cover new collections in the way, but if you, um, maybe not for you, but if there's any data or like kind of proof of something like I'm going back to like a, a food, like if there's an ingredient that's so popular, like hot sauce is really popular and you mm. integrate hot sauce or something into your product really bad example but if there's something like um sales of x are you know shot up 50 percent this year those are five things you can do to kind of tie in with it so think thinking bigger too like if there's like a trend or, or something and that can be you can google that too yeah like no actually i yeah. kind of already have one figured out just from listening to this because i've seen a couple of other jewelry designers I really like that have, were included in like a roundup of statement earrings, and like that that's a good angle to yeah. If you have work with if you pitch them something that's like here could this is this is what your story could be, and then I'm just like a part of it. Do you also have any influential customers that um, you? <laughs> or like I say like even in the celeb space does anybody work with like any of the Chicago Fire or PD or I don't know Michelle yeah does. but if they are I mean obviously you need to talk to them but in terms of Jamie does anybody have any of her pieces hanging in her home do a home she tour got her yeah. stuff and you know? um like did a collab with Unison Home yeah um so like her stuff yeah. is on their website like in the she was like using scraps from their yeah, yeah. textiles yeah. and stuff. Yeah. What's the story with your materials? That's awesome. Yeah. I read, so I read, I get the refinery 29 newsletters. Me too. Uh, I know. And I also only click on what I want to read, mm-hmm. um, but I will see like the 10 things you need to get at target. And I'm like, that's like, so that's not interesting <laughs> at all. Or like, they'll just be like the four things in the Sephora sale. Like just the, there are people who cover shopping. Racked is an entire yeah. outlet dedicated to shopping and they do excellent reporting. Racked. So reaching out to them too, like expanding their sources, like sometimes trying to build a relationship will not pay off right away, but keep at it. They might, reach out to you if you keep them updated of your news and they just happen to be working on a roundup yeah. about statement earrings, then you have that touch point. They, they know who you are. Yeah. Just kind of get your foot in the door. Um, there was a really good question from Chelsea on budget that I think we should talk about. Mm-hmm. So, um, her question for a business that sells less than 50,000 a year, what's the appropriate PR marketing budget and how do you convert that investment into sales where should our focus be so and maybe we talk about this on the next episode but like what's an appropriate marketing budget because i think you have to really look at like what you're if you need more of an immediate roi i think there are more marketing tactics that may be more cost effective than hiring someone to do pr i think if you're able to do pr and reach out and kind of have a strategy, even if it's like small, like I want to meet, I want to introduce myself to five reporters this year. I want to reach out to one national media outlet. Um, and there's things that you feel comfortable and confident you could do on your own. Um, you know, that may not cost you anything, but yeah, potentially some 
product or materials. Yeah. Um, but then in terms of marketing, I feel like, I think like Google ads, digital SEM, I think that can be very cost effective. And if somebody's like, you're just buying up keywords for, you know, Chicago maker or Detroit maker or yeah. handmade jewelry or, you know, funny cards, whatever, yeah, whatever it is. keywords are, they can, I, I would say non-branded search that can be really, that can be really effective mm-hmm. at just having your website highlighted. And I am not an expert in that. I dabble in it. Some of the clients I work with do it and it's, it's really effective and it's easily measured. Yeah. Um, how off or how long do you think that campaign has to run before you see results? Cause I ran Google ads around the holidays for maybe two months and I don't think anything happened from it. I want to say nothing did. I did it like through MailChimp. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I want to say that that I didn't get any sales from it. Yeah. Then it probably wasn't effective. Then maybe another way to go about it. Um, I think there's like the promoted and when people are searching. So if you're like evaluating search volume for something, I think there's a way to, to again, not an expert in this mm-hmm. at all, but I think there is a way to understand where the highest search is. And if you can buy some of that, um, okay. actually, you know what? promoting like a branded ad, I don't mean, as that, I'm saying yeah. this, I'm now remembering that the point of the ad was to put my, my ad in my current customers. So it wasn't reaching out to new customers. Like retargeting? Yeah, it was retargeting. That's what it was. It didn't work. <laughs> but <laughs> anyhow, I've, like we're all always getting Google ad offers, like yeah. $50 free, whatever. Yeah. And I'm always like, this feels like a scam, but you're saying it's good. Yeah, I think that, I think it can be. It depends what you're trying to search for. I think there's no cookie cutter answer to any of this. I think it really has to work for your, for your business in terms of setting aside like a standard budget. I think that is also a very personal question. Like what are you comfortable with and, and would it be more beneficial to set aside a couple thousand dollars for a, you know, a month to work with a freelancer to help you set up a media strategy and to give you some templates or to build a list. Like there are ways you can splice it up too into a task. Um, I think if you, I think that can be very cost effective versus like having an agency or somebody on retainer to do something month yeah. over month. Like that's it's like probably too much. So you can pay it an agency to do like single a chunk of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like right sized. I think there are a ton of, I mean, I know a ton of freelancers, people that I used to work with that like do their own. I mean, I have a ton of recommendations if anyone does want one. We could put something like that up yeah, in a group. On the Facebook group. For yeah. For sure. For sure. Cause I'm, I'm actually surprised that there aren't like, um, like, PR people, like individuals, freelancers who come around to the shows yeah. to like promote themselves because people are hard. we've had like, um, uh, an accountant that, um, yep. has done that. Um, 
but not not much else. I mean, Sarah did mention that someone came around and it was like an actual agency that wasn't yeah. necessary. It doesn't sound like they specialized. I was in- confused by the way they pitched it to her yeah. too. She yeah. said at spring show of hands, um, two ladies who ran a boutique firm put together a custom package to promote one skew. Yeah. She has 80 yeah. to a limited audience. I just like don't. And it was also know. like a lot of money for like mm-hmm. one skew. It was like $1,500 for one skew. You should have just told them to get the fuck they out of here. They sound like booth. hustlers. Well, it yeah. seems like they don't, like none, not one person at that show, no. I don't think, would do that. Can afford no, to spend $1,500 to promote one product. Even the people that have a single product that costs $200 wouldn't do that. And, and they're asking her to do it. And like her highest price item is like $40. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Why one product? Why not like a line or a collection brand. or her brand? Yeah. Or, yeah. That's, I don't think, I, don't I just, I'm, I think she's got good instincts. So she yeah. probably was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I don't no. think so. But um, I think it's interesting yeah. too, because to th- I tend to tell people to look at things like doing show of hands as like a marketing opportunity where like, don't just think of, a show as oh I'm bringing product to this and I better make X amount of sales and then I'm leaving and it's over like you have to remember that there's also you're also advertising your business you're also standing in front of lots of people even if you Mm -hmm. literally made no sales which no one ever like that's never happened but like even if you actually walked away with zero things sold you still there was still value in you showing up being there giving people business cards having people touch your product and talk to you about your product. And so like, don't forget that value. Like, don't forget that like, yes, you spent that money and like, don't pretend that, Oh, if you, if you spent $500 on the booth fee and then you made $600, like that's actually still a successful show. Like you still, that wasn't a waste of money. Um, and certainly we all want to make $7,000, but like, remember that there's more to it than just like money back in the cash drawer. Mm -hmm. And then I try to think about like, well, if you were willing to spend $500 to go do a show for two days with, with the possibility that you would make no money, why aren't you just as willing to throw $500 at a different kind of possible marketing opportunity? Like, Mm. because like, isn't that the same risk like mm-hmm. yeah it is but you but everyone's psychologically told themselves well no I'm bringing product and like people aren't going to not buy it and it's like well no you don't know that I've done shows where I've sold two things and lost money and yeah. not made my booth fee back yep and I think we all have but like so you should be just as willing to re- take that risk. Like I've done Facebook ads and Instagram ads and like, I don't know if those things will do anything, but like, guess what? I'm going to throw a couple hundred dollars at show of hands because I have a marketing budget. I've figured out what can I spend? What, what is the most I can spend and what things are worth spending that on? Like I, I now spend an insane amount of money on CTA ads, like more than, I should, but guess what? That stuff is fucking I effective. I that is, I saw good. one last night. That is yeah. effective ass marketing. So like that proved itself. The first time I ever did it, I was just like, oh my God, I'm about to spend $1,500 on like 
20 in-car ads on a platform and I'm crying because like that's a ton of money and now I'm spending five grand on a campaign and it's triple the size but guess what it gets triple the reaction it gets more shoppers and the last show that we did had the most crowd we've the biggest crowd we've ever had and like even though I don't have a direct obvious connection between like well obviously these extra 2,000 people are because of that CTA campaign but it sure the fuck didn't hurt no I think you can definitely correlate that right and so and it's also just like like you're saying it's not just how many people physically showed up for that specific show it's the it's the like snowball effect of like someone sees that ad for the spring show in 2017 and then they see it again for the the holiday show in 2017 and they're like what is that show what is that i saw i remember seeing that 6 months ago mm-hmm. and then maybe the third time they see it for the spring show in 2018 they're like i'm i'm looking that up yep cuz what is that and so it's like yes there's going to be some people that it works immediately on and they're like oh i want to check that out or i'm going to that or oh i totally forgot that was coming up oh my god i got to put that in my calendar there's so many reasons that that ad is going to be effective and either make someone tell someone about it or remind someone who was already intending on coming. It could remind a person that's come to every show we've ever done that. Oh my God. I mean, even on our Instagram the other day, somebody like was tagging someone else in the comments like, Oh my God, we didn't miss it. Like I thought we missed it, but we didn't miss it. Let's go. And it's like, well, I've great. Had customers like, already that's... commenting like and tagging their friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we got to go. Are we going to this? Are we going on Saturday? Like, shit. It's a, it was over a month away at this point right. and they're already talking. And about then it. people like, are wow. DMing me about like yeah. when are tickets available? And I actually like on oh, purpose, I probably, I on purpose did this thing where like the CTA ads went up last week, but the tickets aren't available yet. Oh, they aren't. The tickets are not available. But when you go to the website that that ad says, it says tickets are going to go up on sale on April 16th. Mark your calendars. And like we're teasing it. And then every once in a while on an Instagram post, I'll say, oh, but like, you know, tickets are going to go on sale in a week. Like get ready. And then there were a couple of people that DM'd me that are like, can I get tickets early? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I just kind of had this thing of like, you know, I want to create that anticipation. I don't just want them to be available for a month and a half no. because it, they, they tend to always sell out. Sometimes yeah. they sell out the week before, sometimes they sell out the day before. And I kind of, I like that energy of people like, being disappointed that they didn't get tickets because that makes people talk about it and it makes you get tickets early the next time. And like, guess what? If you wanted tickets that badly, you would have been on the mailing list and you would have been the first person to be told about it. So get on the mailing list for next time. So like, yeah, creating that kind of like, that's important. People talking about it. Loyalty. And that is something like that. They're looking forward to it. You might not be top of mind all year long, but you don't need to be. And getting that loyalty for those people, I mean, I know for a fact that there are at least a couple hundred people that have come to, like, the last five shows. Some of them have come to all the shows. I've there had are two, someone tell me they There are two fun, women yeah. that, I won't say their names as to not embarrass them, there are two women that have been the first people in line on Friday night for the last three shows. And I expect for them, I will be worried if they are not the first in line. I will like one, I will like send them Instagram messages to be like, are you okay? 
<laughs> did you not did you not get tickets because you're supposed to be first in line and like those people get other people excited about it mm-hmm. because like they post about it or they tell their friends or they go to work and people are like what are you doing this weekend oh my god are you not going to show of hands like I'm how are you not how do you not know about that yeah and so those people kind of feel they feel proud to be the one that knows about the cool show that no one else knows about and then that just drives more attention to it and now it's definitely gotten to a point where like it's it's more there's a lot more like people just tell each other about it and I kind of don't have to yeah, do word a whole of, lot word of for it to marketing keep, like it's just kind of getting exponentially more well known which then helps makes my job easier but then I also have to like stay on top of shit I can't just be like well this year we don't need to do a CTA ad campaign like let me just save five thousand dollars well, no, because if you if I didn't do it, then like there'd probably be a thousand less people at the show. Yeah. So yeah, you can. Me- I think that's something you can measure, and I think that might be a case where advertising is a more effective strategy, where you might concentrate more of your budget. I think yeah. there's still like the people that are posting about events, like Chicago Mag does their like weekly. I think it comes out Thursday. It's called Sales Check. Like, yeah, that's a good one. Like people that are reporting on events, time out still does yep. you know that's their bread and butter i think they have like one person working for them like yeah you also have to take into account like resources but yeah I, I mean the people that subscribe to those newsletters will will get another reminder so it's another touch point so mm-hmm. um and that can be cost effective that's time yes yeah and you can do that yeah and i would the creative and materials. like i would never in a million years spend like any amount of money doing a CTA ad campaign for Orange Beautiful. It, that would be mm-hmm. stupid. Like I would never in a million years spend $5,000. Like the, the proportion of like what that would get me and ha- what that would lead to. Like, whereas for an event, it's like, yeah, for the three weeks leading up to the show, I want for every people's everyday commute to be like, oh, there's that show again. Or, oh, I just got off at Montrose and like there's that ad again. Or, oh, I can't like that works so well because it's it's leading up to this event whereas if i was doing ads for like go on my website and buy something like i don't know that that would be even it wouldn't be the right it's not kind really the of marketing standard for cta ads right but like I, they're usually service based i've actually been i felt mm. that like our cta ads actually are more effective than other ads and the woman from the company actually told me this where she was like your ads just look better than everybody else's yeah. ads. And she's like, they're so, all the ads are so like, they look like advertisements. They're like photograph, like some photograph stock photo mm-hmm. of somebody like doing something like, and she was saying like, yeah, yours just look like pretty art, like graphic, yeah. pretty things. And people aren't used to seeing that. So like in a big row of like, cell phone ads and like ads for hospitals yours <laughs> like stat, right like your ad sticks out and it actually like by comparison people will pay attention to it more yeah. because it looks so different from what is normally on the train it's like you sure. and grubhub grubhub's ads right. are pretty good yeah some of, yeah some of them are good i so, mean i stare at the ads on the train yeah. Every time I'm on it. And yeah. there's usually one that like makes me angry. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's so bad and I'm mad about it. Candy. Right? Make it pretty. Yeah. yeah. And it's a nice name. It's soothing. Actually, oh, I you're was, like on a train. 
like, I was <laughs> almost brought this up earlier on our Facebook topic, but have you seen the Facebook ads at stations? Oh yeah, about are those um, about actually, like your data being yeah, compromised? Are they actually Facebook ads, or is that some third party company that made them? Because I have no they are idea. the worst yeah. designed ads. Oh no, I've you haven't seen no, them? No, I haven't been it's on the train like, in a while. It's like a screenshot almost of somebody's. It's a Facebook white background. Yeah. Um, the colors are bad. The composition's bad. Facebook logo on it. Yeah, it's well. Then it has to be them. Yeah. But it's on it like real tiny and weird. It looks uh, when I was trying to describe it to Steve before he had seen it. I said it looks like someone made it in like seventh grade as their first attempt at doing graphic design. <laughs> what does it even say? It says like your is it like your data is important to you or the headline like, says like spam is not your friends. And that also bothers me because it doesn't wrong. say friend. It says friends. Mm. Um, they all say friends, even if the word is like kind of not plural. Oh, like it works with some of them and doesn't work with others. Yeah, I want. I'm interested to know if they're, they're, they're all over the metro. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. They look are at them Monday so bad. It makes me angry. But oh. I'm talking about it now. So, uh, yeah, but oh, that doesn't, yeah. well, I mean, a lot of those ads are real. I mean, don't get me started on the graphic design of ads. They're <laughs> no. 98% of them are terrible. That might also be if you are a designer, but you are not a graphic designer. That's a good investment in business, I think, because it's one thing to have an amazing product or service, but if it doesn't look yeah, a way that you don't have the whole brand. package. Because um, people like there are some new brands. I I mean I write a beauty blog too, so I'm like really up on the on the new beauty scene. And there are some awesome products out there, but then you'll have some new shiny player come to the scene who's newer than you or newer than this other company, and they'll have like beautiful branding. And you're like, how'd you do that? Like you're yeah, just they hired out. somebody. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I, the, I mean, so I think it's it's evaluating if that is a spend or maybe you start somewhere. You, I mean, I don't know. I think that one's up for debate, and that's more of like a kind of a business eval you need to do. But it can be really valuable to a customer. So graphic design, product photography, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you know a little bit about your customer and you maybe know where what other brands they like. If you do a survey and you mm. ask them, like you like, what, yeah, are, what other what brands other do you follow there. that, you know, that's good Intel. I mean, ultimately you got to do you, but yeah. where are we at? We're just about to hit the timer. I'm taking notes. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we should def, I think we should wrap up this one. And then we'll I want to get into two. this influencer business. I feel yeah. like we we stayed like on topic and schedule, and I'd love for us to just kind of <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> okay, so that we'll wrap this one up, and we'll ha we'll kind of halfway thank Lori, even though she's going to come back, and we'll thank her again in the next episode. We occasionally um, do this two episodes in one. Yeah, day. yeah. It's not do the like double. that. Unusual. Because we don't want to have like a three hour yeah. one episode. Um, so yeah, if you've got any other, we'll probably post some things on the Facebook group, some more like PR 
info things. And obviously, if you still have more questions, you can always post them and we'll probably talk about them in future episodes. Um, And then we'll continue this conversation in the next episode. So you just all have to wait. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Yeah, bye. You're the best. (laughs)